0: Welcome to the Invisible Cabaret podcast. I'm Ferreira Rochelle. And I'm Rosie Verbose. And together we run Invisible Cabaret, a performing arts troupe dedicated to opening up the conversation surrounding mental health. Join us as we talk to some of the most bodacious burlesque babes, cabaret creatives, and inspiring artists about how their creativity and mental health intertwine. Let's pull back the curtain and strip away stigma. Please note, we at Invisible Cabaret are not mental health professionals. If you're affected by any of the issues raised in this programme, we've made a list of resources for you on our website. www.invisiblecabaret.org forward slash podcast forward slash resources. Yes, welcome to the Invisible Cabaret podcast. I am... Cannot tell you how excited I am for this episode. I am fizzing with excitement. Are you excited, Roz? I am very excited. I'm also just excited at how excited you are, which is making me <laughs> excited and amused. That's great, great combo. Amazing. It's like a uh, circle that never ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have we have quite the guest for you this week. She is a burlesque. Icon, And we do not say this, she's laughing, but we do not say this lightly. 21st Century Burlesque magazine ranked her 15th in the top 50 burlesque artists worldwide in 2020 and voted her the number one most influential burlesque artist in the country. She is also a choreographer and an absolute champion of beautiful black girl magic. She is the soul sister of burlesque. It's Demi Noir! Demi Noir! Hello! (laughs) That's awesome. I love that intro. Thanks very much. (laughs) our pleasure thank you so much for joining us how are you doing
1: I'm doing all right I'm doing okay just getting on with it waiting for that lovely day that we can be back on stage to be honest with you and I can get out sweatpants because um (laughs) I you know I like tracksuits but um every day for a year
0: (laughs) do you have more than one pair or you just you know you just like I have a couple, but I do have a
1: particular favourite pair gifted to me by um, the lovely Sadie Sinner from the Cocoa Bar Club. So that's the pair that I'm currently living in. So, yeah, that's that's my... (laughs) So you are playing favourites with the Tracky Bees. I am, I am. I either have a black pair or the Sadie pair, and I'm living in the Sadie pair at the moment.
0: (laughs) Because I actually only have one pair, and then when I wash them... I don't know what to wear. <laughs> it's just like living <laughs> do in my you pants.
1: Do There's no problem in living in your pants, my love. There's no, no problem that at all. No, that's true. Do, you go I mean, I can't it. go
0: to the shops. Well, I mean, I could go to the shops, mm. keep the burlesque magic alive. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: Rhinestone that thing, babe, and walk out. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing some teasing in Tesco. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love it. <laughs> so, lockdown is, is, is not easy as a performer, particularly. How are you, how have you been finding it? How are you finding it now? Other than, well,
1: I mean, I have to, if you don't mind, I have to start sort of at the beginning because I think I've gone through, like most people would say, gone through peaks and troughs with it. So March itself, the diary looked really hectic. It was glorious, exciting, Mm. but there was like no days off. And I was looking at my cat, who's called Solo, just curled up on a ball as I was leaving the house and being like, oh. What I wouldn't give, but just a little bit of time for you. So then comes lockdown, and I'll be honest, the first sort of, I'd say a month, was all right. It was like the pressure was taken off, because prior to that, and a lot of my um, cabaret friends were in the same situation, we were all working lots and running from pillar to post and mm-hmm. you know doing loads of things be it whether they were in regular shows or whether they were going and flying to and from like there was just lots of things happening and actually it just gave us all a chance to go who mm-hmm. and breathe out with no um sort of uh there's there's a really strange I'm going on a tangent sorry there's a really strange um I think it's it's not anxiety but there's a strange thing that happens to my body and I wonder if you feel the same when my phone goes off especially during work time because Mm -hmm. instantly and it's so subconscious but I recognized it when it stopped going off um is that that's you you're thinking that's work and I have to respond to it immediately um which is something I'm Going to be working on going forward, but Mm -hmm. so I didn't have any of that. There was none of that, and for the first time ever, I was almost left to like. There was just no responsibility. Nothing. You couldn't do anything. I couldn't. uh, I couldn't do anything. So we just had to sit still, and that was all right. And the summer was okay. (laughs) I enjoyed the sunshine. I was in my garden. I suddenly discovered that my garden had blackberries, and I was. I went full blown blackberry picking. Yeah, I I lived a Pinterest lifestyle in the morning. I'd get up do yoga, have my blackberries. It was wonderful. Um, and then I think when it got to winter and it got colder, that's when the tables turned and I just, just struggled with the monotony of it all. There's only so much I can watch on Netflix there's only so much on Amazon Prime I want to do and there's only so much, and I can't believe I'm saying this, there's only so much drinking I want to do as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so now I'm excited about getting back out there and seeing, mainly seeing people again. So yeah, that's how lockdown's treated me and like peaks and troughs mm. where I've been great and actually really relished in it to, I fucking hate this. Like we need to yeah. get me out. Like feeling, having yeah. moments, actual moments of feeling trapped. Um, like real frustration of Groundhog Day and just being like, I just want to see people! And, yeah, not being able to. So, yeah, that was that's how my lockdown's been.
0: <laughs> Definitely not alone in that. I know so many people, especially performers, who at the beginning were like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Like, we all love working. We love working. But... It's the feeling of, I can take a break and there's not going to be any repercussions. It's not going to damage my career. It's not going to damage my networking. It's not going to damage my relationships with venues. Everybody's in the same boat. Mm -hmm. So almost like, I'm off the hook for this one. Yeah, I'll finally get that rhinestone in done. Well, that's the
1: other thing. There was also this whole, um, I agree with you, the pressure's off, not only for the reasons you just said, but also because you're not competing with anyone. And even... The most honest you can be, really, about this industry is there are times when you're looking through social media and you're like, "Oh, I'd love to do that," and, and or if you do take a day off or a weekend off, um, you do find yourself being like, "Oh, I, I wouldn't mind being in that show." That's not off the cards because no one's working. Like I was on, I was in the same boat as like these A-list actors and actresses and incredible burlesque performers, incredible circus performers. We were all in the same boat. No one was working, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there was we. Had a holiday, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What do you think... Sorry, it's kind of jumping very into the future, but what do you think the scene is going to be like when we're all allowed back in? Oh. You know, like, because there is that kind of pressure cooker of performers who aren't performing and there is no competition, like, surely everybody's going to want to start the scene with a bang mm. again. And, like, what do you think that's
1: going to look like? I've thought about it a couple of times and I haven't got a dead set answer for you. I think part of it might be Hunger Games because <laughs> we don't know how many, venues, we don't know how many <laughs> venues are actually going to be able to open that are going to be able to cater to us. Um, and so it's going to be a lot of people wanting to, you know, rightly so, needing to earn their money, needing to work. Right. Um, and don't I, like I'm quite a believer in that this is an industry. And so there is, though I have glorious friends within this industry, it's an industry. Um, so and people need to make a living so there will be a little bit of the competition which I think will be good we've had a year off, it'll be nice um, but there'll be a bit of competition there'll be people probably now who are feeling the anxiety of having to come out with a bang when they right. may not have had the resources to do that the average costume slash act to make including rehearsal, sitting down having concepts can be in the from the hundreds to the thousands um, and you don't have the resources We didn't, you know, you may not even have the space to run your acts for a period of time, um, depending on where you live or who you live with. So I I think there is a slight nervousness to, yeah, I want to come out the gate being fabulous, but there'll be a bit of reserve in terms of how do I do that and how fabulous is everyone else going to be? and Am I going to be up to scratch with that? Like, Which makes me sound like I spend half my time watching other people, which I don't, may I add. (laughs)
0: Like, no, not, actually, but it's human
1: nature, isn't it? I'm fine saying in my own lane, but like I do think <laughs> I do think if I'm just being honest about um, having had conversations with the friends and people within this industry, if I'm being honest about how we're feeling, I do think there is, there's excitement to get out, to get on stage and just let loose. And I know that the first, because um, it's the last time we were allowed out, but the first time that we're allowed to step on stage and our audiences are allowed to scream and shout and clap not just sit there muted um <laughs> is going to be the most euphoric feeling because the one thing I I think a lot of performers who work live miss and whether they realise it or not is the applause. Yeah. Um or at least the shouting. Um <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it's going to feel euphoric. Whether I think the landscape is going to change, of course it has. There are venues that are no longer here anymore. Mm. God you know, God bless Cafe de Paris. Um oh. but which oh. is just don't it's heart
0: wrenching. Yeah, um, oh, no, I, I don't yeah. think we can talk about it because we'll all
1: cry. <laughs> no. we're not ready. So you know, there are venues that aren't here anymore. There are there are nightclubs that do hire a lot of performers um, that are struggling because their their rents are so high and they've not been able to open. So, um, but then also in the same breath, I also imagine that there will be venues that will venues we've never heard of, venues that or restaurants that have never thought about it that are going to start looking at us folk um theatres might be more open will be open as well so mm-hmm. there's there's a chance to also give a bit of a rebirth to to everything and, and stuff that maybe was a bit what what we call in Jamaica fuckery before isn't necessarily <laughs> going to be there basically <laughs> yeah because yeah, um, yeah. you know we, we can start again we can start afresh mm-hmm. um and yeah hopefully it will be will be exciting but I have no oh. clear forecast I have no clear forecast
0: well, of my own journey. Why not, Debbie? <laughs> come on, Debbie. Got, we
1: come <laughs> to you for answers. <laughs> I've got no clear forecast of my own journey out of this shit. So like, yeah. you know, um Pretty let alone anyone else's. Um but yeah. I mean, fair play. I I am
0: personally very excited, but I also know that I'm probably, knowing me, gonna find it all a little bit overwhelming. Even just seeing people again, I think, is going to be. Like, my energy levels won't know what is going on after a year of, of basically staying in one place. Like, that's part of it too, right?
1: Well, yes, 100%. In fact, it links to um, a conversation my friend and I were having. There is a real chance of a lot of trauma or post-trauma hmm. once we get out of this for not only performers but the general public. Because totally. we've spent the best part of a year... I think most of us, anyway, paddling like you know, like swans, looking, trying to be like everything's fine. I'm going to do a hundred yoga classes, and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, make banana bread, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And but you're paddling underneath, wanting to you know stay afloat, be it financially or um, just within regards to your mental health. On yeah. top of that, we lost people, lost people this year. Yeah, um, right. people lose people every year, of course, but to this disease virus. Yeah fucking piece of shit that, that's been lingering with us so people lost their you know homes people lost their jobs and they may not have had chance to really grieve that so actually when we come out of this and there is that sigh of relief there's going to be this lovely elation of being able to see people again then there's also going to be people who are going to be nervous to see people again and who've quite enjoyed <laughs> maybe being inside and have got used to that and there's also going to be a big percentage of trauma that we're going to have to work through as a whole, that is quite scary, but very real. If any of my friends are like, you know what, I'm I'm not up for hugging, I'm not up for kissing, I'd really, I'm more comfortable in this space, then we have to respect those boundaries and I hope people feel that they can, because the amount of euphoria that's going to be going around where everyone's going to feel like they want to touch people, even complete strangers, Mm. you know, so be mindful, if you are going out, be mindful of that friend who still is comfortable with that, with that space. Yeah, you know, I for one will be hugging people if they let me. With their <laughs> yeah. For the record,
0: <laughs> for the record,
1: with their consent, I I I will be hugging people.
0: <laughs> yes, hopefully we have learned something about articulating boundaries in this time. But it goes back to what you said before. Like in a way, it's it's completely baffling that we will have stuff to grieve that we haven't grieved because you think, well, what else have we been doing, right? Like, we've had the space, but you're so right, we're just going from moment to moment at the moment, aren't we? At Absolutely. The <laughs> no, no,
1: it's true, we are. I mean, like, I, you'd think, I mean, something, this is very small, it's nothing to do with grieving, but just to show the fact that it's not. it's not as straightforward as you've had time to sit on, you know, you've had time to do nothing or whatever. I still got my tax return in just on time. But I've right. had, I've had a year to do it, like, but just on time I got it in. So um, I don't think, but I certainly don't think I've necessarily utilized the time in the way you would think. Like uh, you would. That includes grieving losses or dealing with the trauma of like I. I haven't been able to see my dad for a year because he is in Amsterdam, and so that's been really tough. Not being able to touch my my family and my immediate family yeah. be able to hug my nan who is 10 minutes down the road i have the first when this first happened i was able to sort of see her outside her gate and like she's um a little west indian woman so she <laughs> and so i uh, she'd ring and ask me to bring her something from the shop and sort of chuck in bread over the gate like oh. and milk and like, Here you go nan like <laughs> but i've not been able to see her she's not been able to see anyone like she's mm-hmm. not been able to hug anybody and oh my god the effects on on that is we really underestimated that I think when they Mm. first said no touching or no Mm -hmm. that distance I think we underestimated how much of an impact that would have on us
0: yeah and that must be especially hard because I I feel like a lot of performers in London haven't grown up in London they're dealing with their family being away from London and you know the difficulties that that brings but you're a Londoner yeah yeah (laughs) so you know you've got family nearby so it, that's a that's a different kind of difficulty
1: where i live i have family like two two streets down like i oh. the, we're all in a sort of lovely mishmash of people being placed there. Oh, so i'm not far from people but i've again where i've normally would have seen my family a lot more we would normally do uh, big gatherings and things like that and you just we just can't right so um right. but yeah no i think um I think it's it's going to be different, ladies.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can we um, switch tacks for a minute, Demi, and yeah. talk about burlesque? And I'm really curious as to know how you've kind of kept in touch with the craft, because you have been um, performing throughout lockdown, whether it's, you know, online or whatever. And I mean, as, at the time of recording, you're getting ready for the noir pageant. Um, so uh, how has that all been in terms of uh, your mental health as well, kind of? keeping that rolling
1: i i think it's been great for me i know i am been very fortunate um i'm lucky enough to be hired by some incredible producers a few people kept me afloat during this time um two of which are tempest rose from the house of burlesque and sandy sinner and the cocoa butter club so i've been really fortunate that Be it there was a class or there was a show, be it online or when we were allowed to go out and to do things where we were able to do that. I was lucky enough to be um, hired by them, which has been fantastic. In terms of online shows as well, I think I was also really fortunate with that, um, especially in the beginning. I got to a point where I missed being on stage. um, And then here were people saying, you know what, you do want to perform in our show and do your acts in, in your living room which admittedly at first I was like, what? <laughs> but, I, um, but, but I did. And it actually, I did quite a few of them. And a couple of things that happened when I got to meet people in, that I hadn't worked with before. Um, I also got to watch performers I hadn't seen before, which was really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and my very first one, I'm trying to remember whose it was, I think it, might have been Trixie Blue, I think it might have been one of her shows, and I remember rearranging my living room, and sitting in my costume in my living room, waiting to to perform, and then when it was my turn, having my partner come in and stand in the corner, so that I had an audience member. Oh, that's lovely. I have to stress, they are not brilliant when it comes to stage kittening I hadn't briefed him so I I was chucking my clothes towards him and he just sort of stood there like this is (laughs) guys and I still won't ever get over having to pick up my own bra um um, do you know who I am (laughs) (laughs) but it was nice it just gave me a little injection of that loveliness of performing again we didn't get I didn't have the audience rush. I didn't have those kind of... But I still got the nerves. Um, I still got that lovely surge of energy that you get when you're performing. And also, I got to put my dinner on at the same time. So once I'd finished, I'd managed literally just in tassels, walk into the oven. I don't recommend. Uh But... (laughs) (laughs)
0: and making myself some food don't try this
1: at home absolutely and i also think especially at the very beginning it was really great for morale those shows that were up in the beginning including ones that i wasn't in and ones that i just went and saw um they were great for morale it was fantastic tuning into a show on a friday night and watching um be it people you hadn't seen before or your friends perform i think that was really great for us as a whole Mm. um So yeah, that was that that was lovely, and like I said, yeah, I've I've been I've been lucky with regards to the shows I've been able to do. I've been been really fortunate, and I know that's not everyone. That's not for everybody, or and and it's okay as well if performers didn't want to perform too. It's fine, you know.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: um, I think it was yeah. It was in a conversation with Sweet Pea. I have to quote her because it was stayed with me, which said don't worry if you disappear for a bit. Rock stars do it all the time. Oh, I love that. Do you know that. what I mean? They're not always out. Like, they do it all the time. They drop an album and then they piss off for a bit. Like, right. Do you know yes. what I mean? So there is that kind of feeling of, actually, it was okay if you weren't on the radar, you know? And I think that's really yeah. important. That includes social media as well. I think mm-hmm. I think there's a definite, especially during this time, there was a definite pressure to still be visible online Mm -hmm. um and a lot of our content a lot of our our craft was having to try and morph its way to being able to fit into your phone now I don't want to be an influencer I'm a burlesque artist, so um which um again I have to quote that was a low low brow quote (laughs) gotta give props where it's due no love um, it (laughs) love a footnote but yeah but I I don't want to be an influencer I want to so there in in terms of an, an online influencer by the way yeah yeah I had to be honest with myself and be like, okay, I could join TikTok and I don't think there's anything wrong with joining TikTok, by the way. I very much enjoy watching it. But and I could do all these things or I could take myself away and maybe work on me and um, branding and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I've chosen. Um, But I think there was a lot of pressure for people to still be visible. But yeah, and I think if it worked (laughs) for them, great. But the only upside I will say about having to move digitally was the fact that now we can travel through time zones so the noir pageant is american um is based in america um and so therefore you know I've, i've also been able to teach on the other side of the world via my laptop which is incredible so that's been amazing to be able to work with or again see people who i would never normally get to see because we're not in the same country
0: yeah, reaching a much bigger audience mm. and getting to work alongside some some more fantastic performers. I'm also just fascinated about what you said before, Demi, with regards to, like, the competitive element. And I feel like that, especially if you're in any way dealing with visuals or aesthetics, as dancers and actors and models and all the rest of it do, if you're anywhere sort of front-facing, you're going to have that kind of self-worth, soup of like <laughs> where do I stop and where is my creativity and am I inspired by that person or am I threatened and all those weird kind of thought processes. I mean yeah but I think I, I feel like I mean please I'm now gonna try speaking for you Demina no, right. <laughs> crack <Sorry>. on babe <laughs> I feel like you've got to be a really strong person with a really strong character and have a real sense of your identity as a performer and as a person and I feel like when I watch a Demi Noir piece I feel like I see you and I mean go finish your question Rose. but (laughs) I just wondered how that feels on the inside for you Demi and whether that is something that again either regardless of lockdown almost but like how that all fits in with your creativity and, and craft
1: I very much understand my own branding I understand the art that I like to create and where it comes from. I'm a believer in authenticity, which I think is a great help when it comes to comparing yourselves to others mm. because I can't be um, Betsy Bonbon because Betsy Bonbon already exists. I can only be myself. Um And I think that takes time to pick up, by the way. That's not an instant thing for any new burlesque performers out there. Um, That actually that's something that I think naturally grows with you. The performer I was at the beginning is certainly not the performer I am eight years on. I think there is a natural competitiveness in the sense of wanting to be, you compete with yourself a lot, I think, Mm -hmm. more so than others. I'm always looking up. I always use that reference. I'm always looking up. I'm always believing that there is, in a, in a good way as well. Like I'm always looking at my friends who own companies or who are traveling the world or are pushing boundaries with their art form or are really paying homage to a certain era. Like I'm always looking at them in awe um, and more inspired by them. And I think when you curve that so that the it, you're not I'm not threatened by them, but it's more so. I'm inspired by them being like, "How do you do that?" That's, I think, that's the the biggest thing. I'm quoting loads of people today, but Beyonce once said that the minute you think you've made it, that's when you start losing it. And so I'm always in the thing of going, "No, there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done. There's still work to be done." So it doesn't matter where other people perceive me I'm always on this journey of being like well how can you do that better how can you be more polished how can you be more professional how can you be more authentically yourself how can you create art that's going to push people or push boundaries or or really resonate with with people who come to see you so that's that's the competition i am continued that's the the struggle I'm continually having is how do I get better because I still don't think... And it's not necessarily imposter syndrome. I'm aware that I'm not a bad performer. <laughs> um, but You're all right. <laughs> I'm all right. I do all right, yeah. Like, you know, I'm okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Being, it would be offensive to the beautiful people that hire me if I sat there and said I was shit. Um, oh, I love that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. Because they know what they're doing. So, no, I am I am I'm good in that respect. However, there's always work to do. Always it's never and, the, and I think the longer you're doing it for and potentially the more and again I don't want to sound um, arrogant but the more you're working and possibly the more known you are mm. the less mistakes you can afford to make mm. that's how you feel whether mm. that's true but that's how you feel I'm a, I do stand by you're only as good as your last performance so there's, for me if I'm creating a new act it takes longer it can't just be an experiment unless I'm in a place where you can have a scratch night, which yeah. is lovely, and you can have a play around. But even then, I'm still rolling on the fact of, uh, people have seen me do this. Mm. And if I fuck up on this, and I don't mean falling over. Falling over on stage, shit going wrong, costume malfunctions, that's a normal happens, thing. Yeah. I mean that your art doesn't land. Um, yeah, I get you. Or it, it doesn't feel as authentic to you. That's 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 the hard part. You can't have mm. as much fun as a well much fun you can't uh, I don't feel like I can experiment as much okay
0: which of your acts do you feel is the most authentic to you oh that's, that's the most easy authentically demi 70s that's, that's, oh yes i love, that, love one.
1: that one that yeah. was the easy it's one true. 70s though josephine of course is like my probably most well-known act um mm-hmm. and i love it of course i do why would i not love paying homage to such a absolute legend Lit- right. a literal legend right. um but no 70s uh that act coming from the childhood that I had with that music James Brown is not somebody I just discovered he has been right. with me for a long time <laughs> um, my dad is is a soul man 100% um, so I was raised on that music that was in fact we have our own um, every Sunday maybe a tangent here maybe listeners don't want to hear this <laughs> but it's a thing we do <laughs> so because as I said my family are all fractured we're all away from each other no one's living in the same house there's a particular radio station that we all listen to on a Sunday for an hour which ha- plays only Rare Groove and Soul and during that time we WhatsApp each other be it oh I like this song or do you remember this song from this time so it's a so really so awesome <laughs> oh and...
0: that's amazing that so what's sad. the radio station
1: it's called Solar Radio and it uh, starts at 11 my dad always ends up messing texting us in the morning on a sunday going you know it's gonna start soon um starts oh. at 11 till 12 and that's it's fun. really lovely because it's songs of my childhood like yeah, i yeah. you know grew up with with that so with 70s and and not necessarily the era but the music that was chosen and the the power behind it that's what i like to believe that i am that makes sense like mm, yeah I'd like to believe I am that person that it it resonates with me because I feel that it's sexy I think it's powerful when I think of um I mean when I think of soul and I think of blackness that's what I see um so yeah that's the one that feels the most authentically this is me and it's funny because when I'm in that costume I get even more uh, and I'm about to go on I get so much braver than I normally am in just you know dungarees or a jeans and a t-shirt
0: and that's the sort of thing i'm assuming that you miss and want to get back to or is that something that you've kind of put in yourself for all the time oh no i
1: miss it i do i miss that that power that i think burlesque brings you even if you perform it to um the tiniest of audience i miss that feeling i miss anyone who does burlesque um in any form and at any stage um, that experience of stepping out on stage and owning it, and even if these are audiences that are like Wembley Stadium sounding, you know the ones I'm talking about, where you, mm-hmm. where it just roars and everyone's so excited <laughs> to see you, down to people who are having their dinner and will look up at you a couple of times because <laughs> I've yeah. e- we've experienced both. That feeling of I am who I, I am here. And I'm going to do this and you're going to watch it. You're going to, and you're going to embrace it. Some (laughs) of you might find this offensive and some of you are going to feel great about it. And that's wicked. Mm -hmm. But on a selfish note, um, yeah, I miss that feeling. And I think when I was working before, because, you know, burlesque is my job. It's the thing I love doing 100%, um, but it also is my job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I am a believer of once you've developed your act and you've worked on it, the minute you bring it to stage, it belongs to the audience. Mm. So how you feel about your act and that lovely adrenaline surge is what we're talking about in terms of that power that I miss, right? That that feeling. There is a part of me that definitely believes that now all that matters is what is your audience, nothing else. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a big thing for me. I'm yeah. not a fan of uh, self-satisfying performers mm-hmm. there aren't many to be fair but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of seeing that if I see that in where it's more for them and it's not for mm-hmm. your audience then I, I find that uncomfortable no matter what mm-hmm. your subject matter okay. is I, I think there is that level of going who's this for babe because <laughs> it ain't for me I'm a stage school trained performer and like, I went to stage school there's no hiding that and it, you know it was all about the audience it, that was what we were, that's one of the many things we were taught. Um, right. So, so yeah. No, I a, feel like
0: you can always spot it as well when, when, when someone is doing it as an act of generosity yeah. and when someone's doing it as like a, a, look how great I am for me. Yeah. Self-serving. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm just, yeah, that's not, I care about this album far too much to, to see that. The joy is I haven't seen it a lot But when I do, I get really annoyed.
0: (laughs) But flip side of that is that I feel like you can see how much you're doing it for the audience. You can see how generous a performer you are and that, like, I'm doing this for you guys. You better be paying attention, (laughs) but I'm doing it for you. And I I love that. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. No. And
1: that, yeah, I miss, I miss, miss all of that. God, I miss dressing rooms. I miss... You miss people. dressing rooms. Yeah, I miss dressing rooms. I miss. I even miss wheeling and pulling my suitcase through London.
0: Now that's when you know you're devoted. That right, right there. like and <laughs> I.
1: I can't lie to you. I go through suitcases yearly. Like right. yearly, I'm yet to find a suitcase that can withstand London street pavements and <laughs> stairs on tube stations, things like that. Um, and many a Bella's former will tell you the same. I we go through them. Um, um, and so I miss that. That was my workout. My like that was genuinely how I got my arms are no longer defined because <laughs> I no longer pick up suitcases. Um, so so yeah, no, I miss miss a lot of that. Even
0: we'll come like, back. It will. It will. It's happening. Yes. And when it does. We'll be grateful for it. Hey. Yeah. oh, segue, segue. It's time for our gratitude section. It's time to get grateful and talk about what we're grateful for this week. So let's start with mixing it up. Rosie Verbose. Yes. What are you grateful for this week? Now, the thing that's come to mind is it maybe is going to change people's opinion of me, so I'm nervous, but here we go. Okay. So <laughs> as part of my escapism, sometimes... Sometimes, occasionally, I have dabbled in playing The Sims. All right, it's out there. I've done it on occasion. So I recently rediscovered The Sims, having not played it for yonks. And I've also discovered that there is a whole community of people who fundamentally I don't think I understand, but I respect and, and think they're amazing, that make mod- like modifications for these games I have learned a whole world of stuff is out there to add to The Sims games that I did not know was there. Some of which I'm grateful for and some of which, honestly, I wish I hadn't learned. But I'm grateful for people's creativity, originality, and just that, like, I already thought I was a bit dorky for doing The Sims. And then people are, like, full-on dorking out and proud of it. And I'm here for that energy. That's, that's can you my give gratitude. give us some examples of these mods, Rose? Uh, I would uh, rather not. Um, I te- <laughs> so I texted Rochelle last night and I said, Rochelle, did you know that someone has made a modification for The Sims where they can get STDs? They can oh um, partake in voyeurism and orgies? Like, did you know this was a thing? I did not know it was a thing. I didn't install oh. it on my game specifically, but, like, if that's your thing, go off, I guess. Like, wow. <laughs> great.
1: Just so, the whole world out there, Demi. The whole world. Yeah. You've got a computer game that is basically bringing you sexual freedom and, give, and schooling you on the likes of, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. I think that's genius. Yeah. That's You can be grateful for that, babe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Two sides to the coin there, absolutely.
0: And also I think just in general, I think I've kind of gone back to The Sims because of not being doing the things that I want to do and being out. Every time I see a Sims hug, I'm like, yes, you enjoy that. Have a lovely hug. Kiss him, kiss him, you fool. You never know when you'll have to stop. That is the vibe, that's very much the vibe. So yeah, that's what oh, I'm grateful for this week. Very good. What I'm about Demi? What about you, my love? What are you grateful for this week? Well, I
1: was thinking about this this morning because there's loads of things, but I think given the fact that obviously when this comes out it had been a while off, but given the fact that yesterday was International Women's Day, I'm gonna have mm. to say that my my girlfriends, my friends who are in my life, and and it kept me balanced through this time via you know telephone conversations, walks in the park. Um, and i'm very grateful for them and their their mere existence really in my life i'm very very lucky to have the friends that i do within the industry and outside of the industry um because they're some of the most exceptional women i've ever met um so oh. yeah so there's that's my my what well, i'm grateful for uh, there's loads of things i'm grateful for believe me but that's that's the one that was poignant it's
0: nice to have a long list and, <laughs> and especially nice to have that kind of thing on it that's that's the stuff life's made of isn't it that's yes beautiful. absolutely absolutely rochelle what about you my love Oh, I've been thinking about this one long and hard. Um, I had a massive, massive uh, panic attack yesterday. Like Bless your heart. big one in the middle of the street. Um, oh, man. really, really bad about like body image and just being a person and being who I am. And it was just awful. Like it was really, really bad. So when I was thinking about what I'm grateful for this week, this morning. Uh, the first thought was Matt my boyfriend my partner who you know got me through it and you know was really supportive and really kind and really loving but I've mentioned him before and then I was like what else am I grateful for and then I'm going to get upset oh Oh. Oh, honey go with it babe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, and then I was like I'm grateful for my body yeah I'm grateful for my body yes yes yes. it it you know destroys me on days Mm -hmm. it it doesn't destroy me the way I feel about it destroys me on some days Mm -hmm. but it's not my body's fault it's my it's my anxiety's fault Mm. it's not my body and my body does an amazing job getting me from place to place and getting me up in the morning and getting me into silly yoga positions and (laughs) you know all of this kind of thing Um, and yeah I might not have the best relationship with it every day but it it is there and it's supporting me and it's holds my brain it holds my big old heart and it holds my big old soul and I just yeah, so I'm grateful for my, for my body. I love that.
1: Ah, I, love I love that. that. Yes. You're shaking. <laughs> yes, babe. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've won. Like, yeah. Ah,
0: yeah you love. can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sims mods, you know, are still but quite up. He's high up, yeah. <laughs> hey any gratitude is great mm-hmm. big or small serious or silly absolutely it's all important and it's the thing that's getting us through the day absolutely
1: mm-hmm. no for sure so, for sure yes lovely
0: thank you so much demi for joining us we've just absolutely loved having you on here thank you for having me
1: delight. bring me back because we ain't finished
0: absolutely I ain't oh, done, so I ain't you done. demand it <laughs> before you go Do you have, I know you do, have anything to promote?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, to be fair, obviously, what would have passed by that point is the Noir pageant, but of course, follow them on Instagram. Teaching in Burlicon, which, particularly this year, will be online, Um, so that's really exciting and that is on the 20 I'm teaching on the 24th Um, so yes feel free to reach out of which month uh, oh April sorry oh April (laughs) 24th I'll book them all in but just just in case (laughs) I'm not very good at this ladies 24th but what I will plug is um, please be sure to follow companies and um, artists that you like Um, obviously follow the Kogaba Club obviously follow um, Um, the House of Burlesque um, company and what they're up to, Um, please use Instagram, Facebook to follow um, wonderful black burlesque performers that are in the UK and worldwide, because there are more than just a few of us, there are lots of us, so please, um, yeah, follow through share the love that's basically what I would say lovely
0: beautiful you can find the links for Demi's gorgeous work in the description of our podcast it will be on our socials and all that kind of thing you can find us there all the time Instagram Facebook YouTube if we're there you're there that's generally the rule no if you're there we're there that's the rule <laughs> we <laughs> hope that's the other way around but who knows. it's been a delight to have you with us Demi thank you Frere Rochelle, for your time as always thank Thank you dear listeners we'll see you in two weeks time until then be kind to yourselves and we'll see you soon bye. bye this has been the invisible cabaret podcast thank you for listening if you've enjoyed this episode please reach out to us on one of our many socials You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Just search Invisible Cabaret. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend so we can continue stripping away stigma together.